Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, the Texas History Podcast. I am very grateful that you chose to tune in today and talk a little bit about Texas history. I'm recording this episode in December of 2016, and I'm releasing it in December, on December the 23rd. So I thought what we might do is keep it a little light since we're right in the middle of the holiday season. I know that uh, I'm very busy trying to get all the Christmas shopping done and chasing the kids around and then the annual torture for me, which is the attempt to actually wrap the Christmas presents. I can uh, do a lot of things, but wrapping presents is certainly not one of my talents. And uh, on thinking about some sort of topic we could use to celebrate the holidays, I thought maybe we'd take a look back at some Texas Christmas traditions. And uh, this episode, of course, is going to focus on Christmas traditions. That's our time of year. And uh, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, some of these are pretty fun to think about how they came to Texas. Now, back in the early days of Texas, there really wasn't much celebrating going on. Christmas was a fairly simple prospect for the folks of the Republic. They were actually more focused on trying to survive. Um, there is a, a book put out by a cousin of Stephen F. Austin. Her name was Mary Austin Holly, and she described uh, a New Year's Day celebration, which sort of closed out the season in Brazoria in 1838 as basically a dance, um, although they didn't dance on New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve was a Sunday. But they played music all night, and that's really what Christmas back in old-time Texas was. It was a time to gather and have a big party. Now, that party wasn't always calm. Sometimes it got a little bit out of hand. And, you know, one of the early Texans' favorite things to do was make noise and raise all kinds of ruckus. There's all kinds of accounts of Christmas celebrations involving lots of noise and, and actually what can only be referred to as vandalism. In fact, there are several accounts of basically mobs of people singing songs, playing instruments, running through town, pulling down fences and kicking in doors, all in the charitable spirit of Christmas, no doubt. And that conduct was largely tolerated because, hey, after all, it's Christmas time. One of the great early Texan and maybe not so early Texan activities was uh, after gunpowder was invented was something called an anvil shoot. And the way you conduct an anvil shoot is you take one anvil and then you pile a bunch of gunpowder on top of it and you stack another anvil on top. And then you figure out who's uh, either dumb enough or drunk enough or brave enough to go light that gunpowder between the anvils. And, and the goal, uh, the, an the second anvil, of the anvil on top, of course, launches and uh, the goal is to make as much noise as humanly possible, which I think is always a worthy goal. Fireworks came to Texas in the 1800s. There's a lady who lived on a ranch near Junction. Her name was Mary Jacques, and she wrote a memoir of living on a ranch in Junction, Texas in the 1800s. And in the late 1800s, she described a Christmas fireworks celebration and how all of their fireworks were probably visible in San Antonio and definitely the best in the area, uh, closing with a note that after the revelry had died down, they realized that they'd set the roof on fire, So, uh, which probably was also celebrated as a grand achievement. The other theme that you see in a lot of the historic Texas Christmas accounts is that uh, the folks indulged in Christmas spirits. 
one of the uh, in 1843 in Huntsville, uh, there was a gentleman, and we've talked about him on this podcast before, William Bollert, who was an English traveler to Texas and kept a diary of his his uh, experience. And he t- he was in Huntsville in 1843, and for Christmas he talked about drinking eggnog and um, described it as as made of the white and yellow of eggs beaten separately the yellow with sugar and both of them are mixed with whiskey and brandy and new milk and he describes it this way quote somewhat pleasant but of a bilious nature close quote so no doubt the first time that that Englishman had had eggnog another 1843 account this one from Nacogdoches uh, was talked about uh Christmas being, there was nothing going on at Christmas except, quote, a few drunken men having a fuss, close quote. And uh, the newspaper, uh, sometime in the mid-1800s, there was a newspaper, and I don't remember where I saw where it was from, but it described the Christmas as a continual scene of mischief and drunken uproariousness. Uh, Signs changed their location, Plows were perched to roost on the tops of houses, and effigies of good and pious men were posted along the streets. So uh, Christmas in old-time Texas was certainly an excuse to tie a significant one on. In the mid-1800s, as we've discussed on this podcast, there was a wave of immigration, particularly from Germany. And you'd be surprised how many of our Christmas traditions actually came from Germany. A Christmas tree is one of them. There was a German scientist named Frederick Romer. He came to Texas in 1845 and wrote a book about his travels. And in 1845, he writes, quote, I spent Christmas Eve in Galveston, the customary manner of celebrating it by decorating a tree and exchanging presents appears to be unknown, close quote. So... Uh, as late as 1845, we didn't even have Christmas trees, nor did we really exchange gifts. But shortly after that, the Christmas tree t- tradition took hold. By uh, the late 1800s, it was firmly a part of the Texas tradition. There was an article in the Austin paper. It was the Austin Statesman at that time. It was 1882, and it wrote the following, quote, Christmas trees are now in order. If you cannot pay $2 for one, take a hatchet, go out into the wood, and poach on somebody's forest. So uh, I don't certainly don't advise going down and cutting down your neighbor's tree uh, for a Christmas tree, but we're certainly grateful to the German immigrants uh, for bringing that tradition to us. And that would be the tradition of a legitimately acquired Christmas tree. Another German uh, thing, tradition, that was brought to Texas in the 1800s was what's called a pyramid. Now, my mother's side of the family, as regular listeners of this program know, is German, and I remember my grandmother having a pyramid in her house when I was young. And these, what these pyramids are, multi-story, wooden carved uh, thing, carvings representing some sort of building or a house or something like that. And then through the center of the carving, there'll be a propeller shaft, and on the top there'll be. Uh, some blades and what you do is you light candles and the heat from the candles causes the blades to turn and it usually causes some carvings to act either soldiers marching or something like that some sort of action on the actual pyramid i found a story 
in uh, actually an old issue of Texas Monthly Magazine from about a year ago about the Great Pyramid. And I want to tell you about that. There was a guy named Emil Schumann, and he was from, uh, lived in Waldeck, Texas, which is in Fayette County. And Emil's family was from a region in Germany where these pyramids were very popular. So in the 1870s, uh, Emil built, carved a pyramid, and it's about three feet tall and two and a half feet wide. It's got a domed building uh, surrounded by a cupola, and it's supported by um, sitting on a mountain, a paper mache representing a mountain. It has three platforms that have carved figures that rotate, and it's got 13 oil lamps on the building and on the mountain, and also has some miners. The region of Germany where the Schumanns were from was a mining region, also has some soldiers, so it's quite an item, especially with those 13 oil lamps. Well, Emil was a musician. That's what he really cared about. He displayed this pyramid once a year during the Christmas holidays. He set it up in his living room and he'd light all the lamps and he'd sit beside it playing Christmas carols on a concertina. And all the kids in Waldeck, Texas would come and listen to Emil play. Well, he died in 1937 and one of his nephews inherited the pyramid, which he kept in a crate, apparently. And uh, about 30 years after his uncle died uh, and Robert, the nephew, had died, uh, this is 1969, Robert's widow contacted Ima Hogg. And Ima Hogg was a philanthropist and an art collector, and we're going to do a Wise About Texas episode on her for sure. But she assembled a great collection of Texas folk art to exhibit at Winedale, which is near Round Top, Texas, and she uh, had some property there, which she gave the University of Texas, and is, there's now the Windale Historic Center. And uh, the Windale Historic Center acquired the pyramid immediately, and uh, it's described uh, by one historian as one of the finest pieces of folk art ever made in Texas. So uh, Windale still has that piece, and uh, hopefully they exhibit it, especially around the holidays, but I just had such fond memories of my grandmother and, and every German relative having one of those pyramids in their house. Now, of course, being Texas, we have a lot of Christmas traditions from Mexico, and a couple of things you may not realize come from Mexico. The Christmas flower poinsettia is a Mexican flower, and they call it the flower of Christmas Eve. And the candles, in when you put the candles in a sand-filled paper bag and light them, we call those luminarias. Those are also a great Mexican tradition. Uh, but my favorite Mexican Christmas tradition has got to be tamales. And uh, anybody that knows me knows I like to eat. And uh, tamales at Christmas, is uh, I, I think, is now just a regular old Texas tradition, but comes to us from Mexico. And, and uh, in the Mexican tradition, uh, you kill a pig sometime around Christmas and make the tamales from the fresh pork, and that's a, a great uh, almost ritual, both uh, the slaughtering of the pig, that's called the matanza, or the uh, tamaleada making of the tamales, which I had the opportunity to participate in one time in South Texas, and, and it is a lot of work 
to make tamales from scratch. And I was incorporated into the assembly line by some elderly uh, Hispanic women who proceeded to make fun of everything that I did uh, in Spanish and giggle at me uh, until I was shamed off the assembly line. But it was all in good fun. We had a great time. I don't think I ever did really complete a tamale, but uh, my gift certainly is not in the making, but rather the consuming of the tamales, which I am fairly good at. So uh, that's a great tradition that also comes to us from Mexico. So uh, that's just a few of the things that we do down here in Texas to celebrate Christmas. Uh, Playing in the snow is not generally a high percentage uh, opportunity down here in Texas. We usually don't have just a ton of cold weather. Uh, It's often fairly warm during Christmas, but we do make up for it with some of our other traditions. So I encourage you to celebrate Texas history this Christmas by making as much noise as you can. Uh, having that one extra glass of eggnog and uh, enjoying some of the great traditions that that we've uh, come up with here and that we've gleaned from the great melting pot that is Texas. I hope that everyone listening is going to spend this particular holiday season with family and friends. I hope that every listener of this podcast has a wonderful and very merry Texas Christmas. So go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, Merry Christmas, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.